Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachma. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour. And today is Friday, July 28th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. And you can find those tools on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that page and click on the two words that say start here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of that book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for almost 19 years now, to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. And if you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. If you choose to tap on that, it will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process, and it contains a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We help people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives the more they actively apply these tools in their lives, and secondarily because it tends to prompt comments, questions, answers, and testimonials. And if you have any of those to share with us, please do so by giving us a call at 563-999-3581. If you call that number and press 1, it'll put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. 
I will then turn on your microphone and announce you by your area code. And we can have a conversation. We greatly appreciate whenever anybody does that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work. The intention we have with this work is to be a service. So let us know how we can be a service to you and let us know how it's landing when we do a monologue or we read from a book or we share a worksheet and then we can play off of each other in this sense of community that's that happens when people do a support group or they call the internet show and they uh, tap into the support that's available for we'll call it you're doing your own personal work on the internet show is every bit as powerful as doing it in a support group Dr. Michael Rice used to talk about the vitality meter a lot more than he does these days but if you imagine that down at zero is death, no vitality, and and ten on the scale is or a hundred, doesn't matter what what how many units you put in the scale, but at ten or a hundred that's as high as it can get. There's your at sainthood, there's your Buddha and Krishna and Jesus, etc. That kind of ultra high vitality of life. And he says most of us are living our lives today at a two, three, or four level of vitality. Most of us are keeping ourselves numbed out, dumbed down, slowed down, whatever phrase you want to use for that, by engaging in behaviors that are not productive, they're not loving, by using drugs. And when Michael talks about drugs, he talks about everything that isn't whole, raw, fresh food. So you've got salt and sugar and fat and alcohol and caffeine and and every other substance that isn't just directly nourishing to the human physiology, Michael would call that a drug. He's even gone to the point where he's had this download and started talking about how anger isn't even an emotion, it's a drug. Well, if you're living at a level two, three, or four vitality, you have a higher consciousness that knows if you became aware of a a trauma or a toxin in your system that was at a five or six or a seven or eight or a nine or a ten level intensity, you wouldn't have the energy to process that trauma or toxin out of your system and have any energy left to stay alive. It could literally lead to your demise. And so, because you have this higher wisdom, it knows if you're sitting at a level two, three, or four vitality, not to let you become aware of any trauma or toxin that's at a four or above. It'll only let you be aware of things that are like a one, two, three and a half, if you're sitting at a level four vitality. And when you're sitting at a level four vitality and a level one, two, or three trauma or toxin comes along, by the time you're done processing that out, you feel like you're near your deathbed. You feel 
like you got hit by a Mack truck. You're drained, you're tired, you're achy, you've got physical symptoms, you're feeling exhaustion. Because the, the traumas and toxins actually take vital life energy for us to process through them. And so this higher wisdom in us has us keeping ourselves distracted from and numbed out to and or unconscious of traumas and toxins that are in our energy system. We all have them. We all went through situations when we were younger, no matter how loving our parents were, no matter how nearly idyllic our childhood was, we never get everything we want exactly when we think we want it. We never have everything go so lovingly that no matter what the situation is, if our parents have to say no to us, they do it with loving support and nurturance and a reminder that we are loved. But that never happens. So we, we download these negative energies, these negative beliefs about our ourselves and the world around us, and the, that energy, that the memory, the energy of the sights, the sounds, the thoughts, the emotions, the physical sensations that we download during those periods, that energy is what we call trauma. You know, Trauma is not the event that happened. Trauma is what we made it mean and the energy that we downloaded around it when we thought it was too much for us to deal with. So, so you've got this idea that you have a higher level of awareness and intelligence that goes beyond what the conscious logical mind can be aware of. And it will not let me or let you or let an individual become aware of a trauma or toxin that that person doesn't have the energy to process. And so we walk around basically carrying things that keep us less than vital. We've got our own kind of a a governor for an engine, which is a, a device that keeps the engine from accelerating past a certain point. Well, we have those in us in the form of traumas and toxins and this higher wisdom that knows that, you know, if a trauma or toxin gets revealed at a time when we don't have um, the vitality to process it, that it could be unrecoverable, let's just say it that way. So how do you build your vitality so that you can have the energy it takes to face more of the traumas and toxins in life? Well, uh, the primary way that you do that is you do more of the right things. What are the right things? The right things are breathing deeply and, and rhythmically and maybe doing breath work sessions that help promote the parasympathetic response and or Michael Rice's uh, still point breathing technique or holotropic breathing or any one of those things. Another thing is you eat food that actually nourishes the body and you stay away from anything that might be 
a numbing out agent, you know, especially the fast food that we have in our culture. It's really not fast food. It's just fast chemicals. And there's this thoroughly researched blend of salt, sugar, and fat that makes our brains go yippee and have, have us craving more of that, you know, as soon as we have it. And then the third thing is you do the work to become aware of and see the false nature of the negative beliefs and thought patterns that you carry around in your mind-body-energy system. And the more you do that, the more your vitality goes up. And when your vitality goes up to a certain level, that higher wisdom within you says, oh, great, Tim's been walking around with some level you know, five and six and, and more higher level traumas and toxins, but he's been living at level three and three and a half vitality, so we haven't been able to clear any of this out. So now Tim goes to a, an intensive and he eats clean for a year and he's doing breathing and tapping and worksheets and, and, and he's, man, he feels great and his vitality jumps up to about a seven or an eight. And that higher wisdom in Tim says, oh, good, he can get now rid of some of these level four, five, and six level traumas and toxins. And I wake up the next day feeling like I'm down at level two vitality, like I've just gotten slammed. Either I'm physically slick, sick or I'm depressed or I have an anxiety and panic attack running or I have a negative obsessive thoughts. And I wonder, what's the good of doing all this work and eating this healthy food and because I feel horrible. Well, in awareness of a system like this, the way for me to keep moving forward is instead of taking drugs for the pain of the headache or the migraine or loading up on Pepto-Bismol for stomach upset or uh, reaching for a a feel-good meal, and I put feel-good in quotes from a local fast-food restaurant where I'm just going to load up on chemicals and not really nourish the body. Instead of doing that, the, the suggestion is that I keep doing the kinds of things that helps me get to a level eight, seven or eight vitality in the first place. I go back to my breathing and tapping. I go back to doing worksheets. I drink plenty of good clean water, I get rest, I might do some targeted journaling about, you know, my, Michael calls it a mind shifter, about the thoughts racing through my mind, trying to tell me, oh, this is hopeless, you shouldn't try to be healthy or spiritual because it always turns bad on you. Or, and if I get those thoughts and beliefs out on paper where they can't just race around in my head, I can see the false nature of them and they lose their power over me and I move through it. So in that way, I can increase my own personal vitality. Well, in like fashion, Michael would talk about on a regular basis that when you get in a community, when you fall in with somebody who is doing their own work or you you start a relationship with somebody and you like them and they like you, now your energy, your vitality is getting added to theirs 
and you're both getting a boost in vitality. One of the ways he would talk about it most often would be in the lecture of healing through relationships, and two people get together and they're they're humming along at the way we do in this culture at level three or four vitality, and they meet and they're strongly attracted to each other and or they, quote, fall in love with each other, they become infatuated with each other, and they're on this high from the physical attraction and the fantasies about a life together, etc. And now each of them goes from a level three or four vitality up to a six or an eight because their energy feeding off of each other is additive, the way Michael talks about it, or used to. And now they spend a little bit of time feeling great, and the next thing you know, they feel miserable. And they think, oh my gosh, it's because this person... or But really it's just because their vitality went high enough that they had the capacity to deal with some of the deeper traumas and toxins they were carrying with them, which were disintegrative to the system, which are not conducive to living a vibrant, healthy, joyful life. And so that kind of increase in vitality, that kind of support, is also available through a sense of community, whether it's a support group or the interactions on an Internet show like this or if you are lucky enough to get uh, connect with a therapist that you have a very solid connection with and that therapist is understanding that we're all in this together, that therapist is not playing some kind of an authority figure to you or one up from you, then your vitality goes up and the therapist's vitality goes up and now there's more energy available to deal with the more intense traumas and toxins that we all carry. We all carry these things around with us. And that's why we recommend so strongly, we were talking about it yesterday, that we recommend just coming back to the basics and using the tools soon and often. Just, uh, David Hayes is a, not related to me, but same last name spelling. He was a, an individual who used to work with these tools quite a bit and call the internet show and he eventually worked at Heartland for years and he was famous for saying just put the pen to the paper well it just means use the tool rather than talk about the tool no amount of my talking about how useful the tool is ever produces any benefit in my life and yet each and every time I choose to use the tool I get the benefit So our call-in number is 563-999-3581. Area code 618, you're in the air. Good morning, Dr. Tim. This is Gail. Welcome. How did it go Hello. last evening? I wanted, I, I, that's why I, was, I hit one was to report. Um, we, I, <laughs> 
had a tremendous amount of technical difficulties, and um, I also wanted to thank you um, for your support and and supporting that little coup that we had last night. Um, so just to explain to everybody, um, I was inspired or guided and directed to have support group, even though that you had canceled your the support group, but that would happen on Thursday. And I reached out to two individuals because um, I had their contact information to see if they were interested in doing something like that. And, and they were. And I told them what I was thinking about doing um, as far as, like, the activity and the presentation and the exercises. Um, and, and they concurred. And then I reached out to you to let you know what I was doing, and you supported that. And, uh, and that was awesome. And um, you allowed us to reach out to more people um, so we could all gather together. And um, talking about vitality is the perfect segue into this. Um, because the more people we get together, the higher the vitality goes for everybody um, to be able to do this work and to, to be able to really dive in um, and do this. So, like I said, we had some te- technical difficulty, and I would say it was all operator error on my, my part. I just didn't know what I was doing. Uh, we did record part of it. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, so other people could um, – have that if they chose to have it. So the material that we worked on last night and what was presented last night was Chapter 3 in the Way of Mastery. Um, That was, uh, for the past year, that has been a a really good piece. And what I pulled out of Chapter 3 in the Way of Mastery is what I call um, two exercises. Um, One that I'm still... I've been working on um, the other one. I haven't conquered yet or haven't even approached it. Um, I call the one forgiveness past and the other one forgiveness present. And in that, that particular chapter, Yeshua talks about, um, a, a, about some words and, and some things to do um, if, if we are having, if, if we are judging um, he talks quite a bit about judgment and forgiveness in chapter three. And then he gives us two exercises on what we can do. And of course I didn't bring my notes with me um, on that. I might, might, oh, I found it. Okay. Um, and, and just to give some, uh, just to give some background, what I wanted to do last night was to play that recording um, of chapter three of, you know, what you read, in the way of mastery without commentary. And then I wanted to go through the forgiveness pass exercise with everybody and have everybody write down like either five names of people that they may have judgment with. Um, and then, and then go through the exercise and just get a feeling of what the words mean and what the exercises mean and, or, you know, what the, um, the end part of it means and and just to get to get a feeling for it and to see if after they got a taste of that if that would be something that they would want to continue to do for themselves so um and then just to back up well we we weren't able to do the recording but um we just dove in and started to 
to do the exercise. So the one exercise, the, the words are like this, and, and what I do for myself is that I, um, I put these words in the right-hand corner or corner of the um, a piece of notebook paper, and I operate off of clipboards. So I just put the paper on the clipboards, and then I ask the divine for, you know, give me 20 names of people to forgive today. You know, who do you have on my mind and heart? in order to let go of of them and to clear my mind. And it's very similar um what was said last night. This is very similar to the the wake up sheet, the reality management wake up of sheet and also that exercise of um putting the beams of light in the crown chakra to the middle of the head and also um the other exercise or uh, the other beam of light through the um, sacral, not the sacral chakra, the um, crown, third eye, third eye chakra. Yeah, and putting those two beams of light, um, the, it's a combination of, of both of those. Um, so anyway, the words are choose again. And um, the reason why Yeshua says that is that, you know, when, when we're in judgment, when our perceptions of other people are an error, um, we have the choice to choose to redirect our thinking. So um, choose again, and then the word that I put underneath that is now. And what he talks about in Chapter 3 is that if you're thinking about this person now and you're feeling all that ick now because of your thoughts and perceptions, um, that this particular situation can be addressed now and then he talks about energy you know um even though something happened 40 years ago uh we we could address this thing now um uh, because it's it's going to change the energy um and then the next one says i judge you not and um and I usually put explanation points behind that one. And also what, what comes to my mind in my experience is that I feel like I need to have an imaginary staff in my hand and just bang that on the ground. You know, I judge you not, bam. Um, and then the next one is um, I extend forgiveness to myself for what I created. And one of the things that he talks about is that, that our thinking in our experiences, um, because of our thinking and our perceptions, he he defines as creations, and that puts the power back into the, you know, somebody else didn't do this to me. That my thinking, based on what is going on, is is creating my experience. Um, so, being able to extend forgiveness to myself for for my thinking, you know. Um, it's pretty cool. So this is about the place where, you know, I take a breath and um, it, for me, it has the same energetic response as um, on the wake up sheet of loving truth. You know, I, I choose to love truth. It, it starts to change the energy for me. And the next words that I put underneath all that is I embrace you. So I imagine in my mind to give this person a hug or start to change my energy towards them. And then it says, I love you. And so those are the words underneath that. 
And the words underneath that is, I set you free to be yourself. Um, what what I do in my mind, mind eye in this is that um, something that I learned through a gentleman named Emmett Fox, who was an early contributor to Alcoholics Anonymous, and he was he was a theologian. He wrote a book called The Sermon on the Mount, which takes the Beatitudes in Matthew 5 and basically turns them into the steps that later what became the steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. He talks about when we have a resentment, we're connected to others by a substance that is stronger than steel. So what I do is that I imagine this cord that is stronger than steel that goes from my heart to their heart, and I'm able to take those like steel cutters and 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 cut that cord when I say I set you free to be yourself. Because when I have a judgment, um, you know, then I need, then I develop a resentment. I feel like we need to have a judgment first before we could have a resentment, which is basically the um, you know our thoughts and perceptions first, which would be the judgment, and then the resentment. Um, in Greek, resentment means to feel it over again. So I have to think about it. Um, and then feel it again. Um, so I imagine myself cutting, cutting that cord and um, setting them free. And, of course, when I'm setting them free, I'm setting myself free as well. Um, the last one is um, I bless you with the blessing of Christ. And what I imagine in my mind's eye is to be a good Episcopalian, which is basically, um, you know, Catholic light. Is, is, you know, blessing people the way a priest would bless people um, either during communion or during Palm Sunday and, and putting that blessing on their third eye chakra on their forehead. Um, and then the last part of this is to dissolve it into light. And um, either either taking that person and dissolving them into light or taking an incident um, that may have happened between us and dissolving that into the light. And I think this is equivalent to me as canceling goal and then asking Ruka for help, that whole process, you know, to ask to be shown the hidden parts of my mind. That seems to have the, the same equivalence for me energetically to do that. And the, the part of dissolving this into light that process has changed. Um, when I first started doing this, I imagined, you know, being on the Star Trek Enterprise and, you know, that when they were on that transporter, you know, that that kind of dissolved into light um, when people are, you know, going from the starship to um, to a planet or starship to starship, uh, that kind of thing. But then it, it, it's changed into a flame. Um, for me, um, it, for me right now, it has changed to placing a like a lotus of a flame under their feet, and um, and then just having the the flame flashlight engulf them, and um, and, and then and then they are dissolved. And so that's what we did. I had them write down five names. Um, and then we walked through this and, um, we just kept discussing how it felt for them 
um, as we went through it, and it seemed like this particular exerciser being introduced to this, you know, pulling that nugget out of that chapter. Um, and then if you want to read it, um, it start, this particular exercise starts on, on page 111 in, in The Way of Mastery. And um, so that you, others could work that up um, for themselves. And so that's what we did, and we got done at around 830, um, and hopefully, you know, you could get back on your account and change everything that I messed up. (laughs) But um, the other thing that I wanted to throw in there is is my history and why this means, this particular exercise means so much to me. Um, And then I'll hush and and see if others want to participate in this discussion. um, back in 2014, I was introduced to Dale Allen Hoffman, and I went to two of his retreats that year, um, one in the spring, his ISIS Mary Magdalene, um, one in, in the spring of that year, and then that fall, I think he was doing more of a promotion of his book, and I can't remember um, the name of that book. I think it's Echo of a Dream or something like that. And, of course, when he's talking about that book, he, he talks about being on the Bull, bull Shoals Lake at Heartland and and hearing the echoes on the lake. And so he was talking about Heartland, and I wrote that all down, talking about Dr. Rice and his experience. And um, when I got home, I looked up, immediately read the ebook of, um, you know, why is this happening to me again, and started doing wake-up sheets on my own and um, – started calling into the show and my big question that year or that fall was okay the, the tools of doing the reality management wake-up sheet it works you know um and but what did they do 2000 years ago because they didn't have paper didn't have access to paper many of the people back then were illiterate you know what did what Yeshua do with them, you know? And and what I was told tongue-in-cheek, I don't know, I wasn't there. Um, and then also maybe they, maybe they did these exercises on stone. And, of course, um, what was coming up for me during that conversation was a lot of frustration. Um, and, and you pointed out to me when I had discussed this, conversation with you on the radio show you had said hey we didn't know you and you know this material brings up a lot of fear in people a lot of fear and threat and you know Dale Allen Hoffman receiving threats and you guys didn't really know me and you didn't know whether or not to take me seriously and um, my question and I've had that question you know looming there what what did Yeshua do um, at that at that time, and the, the answer to that question ended up being chapter three. I mean, anybody could do that. You don't need pen and paper. You, this is if you understand these words and this exercise, you could, you could do it right there in the moment, or you know, you could sit down and and, and write down names and and do it. And so, getting this knowledge answered that question of what he did, um, and so. Um, and, and that's just something that I need to keep going to is that, 
you know, disinformation was channeled and, and, um, and this is what they did. And so, yeah, it, I, I just wanted to be able to share that last night and I want to thank you again and for the people that joined me um, last night to be able to, to do the pre- presentation and, and to be able to do this exercise with them. Okay. And now you were saying, where is that, that you find that in the way of mastery? It's on page you, 111. You listed, a, you, you, you listed something on page 111. And so is this the uh, the big blue book? I think um, I, I got the page number off of Scribes because it's, um, instead of actually ordering the books, um, I ended up subscribing to Scribes, and, um, which okay, what is similar I have, to... What, what, what I have is exercise, a healing exercise in Chapter 3, but it's like the 36th page, and it says, you know, turn your awareness from what you think is causing the disturbance and remember the first axiom. And the first axiom here is given as, I am the source of my experience. I am feeling disturbed. So the question becomes, what is it in me that needs to be healed? And then the exercise is to go on to say, begin to breathe deeply and rhythmically and let your body soften and relax and ask, what is it within this person's energy that's really causing my reaction? And you'll see right away, oh, they're being so critical. What? I would call that exercise the forgiveness present. Right. And I haven't tackled that one yet um, because that, that's the story that he talks about. He talks about how he's um, being crucified and the, the Roman soldier is about ready to put the, the nail into his hand with a mallet. So I call that one forgiveness present and as a separate exercise. And I haven't, I haven't conquered that one yet. But go ahead. Well, it's it's basically the same thing because you can do the same thing even if the person is not there, right? He says, what about that time that I kicked that, when I was four years old and I kicked that kid in the shins just to see him cry? Well, he's not here right now, right? But remember that? I do. It doesn't have to be here, right? Because even if the person was right in front of you, they would still have their choice to be made. If it's alive in you in the moment, it's because right. that energy, that thought, that belief is alive in you, and it's there to be released. I agree. I agree. And I remember him talking about that after he had presented the, you know, the choose again now. So in, in my mind, I've separated the two into two separate exercises. One that I call forgiveness past and the other one that I call forgiveness present. Okay. Well, the essence of it is that in the the lesson three, the definition they give for forgiveness is to forgive means to choose to release another <clears throat> from Correct. the perceptions you have been projecting upon them. It is, therefore, an act of forgiving one's self of one's projections in other words dismantling your negative projections onto another 
And as you begin to forgive or dismantle those negative perceptions, even 70 times, seven times, each time you forgive or dismantle your negative perceptions, you take yourself deeper into the purity of your own consciousness. And therefore, you begin to see how profoundly you have been coloring and affecting all of your relationships. You see that how you've been affecting and coloring all those relationships for the simple fact that you did not know about the power of projection, about how your mind, this is exactly what we were talking about yesterday. People listening to this think they're hearing what we're saying. They're not hearing what we're saying. They're hearing their interpretation of it. They're giving it their meaning. So some people can listen to this and say, wow, that's a wonderful thing, that's great. And other people can listen to this and take one or two words that you said and say, well, that's the opposite. That's, that's blaming others and, that, and that, that's not Dr. Rice's forgiveness and that's not ancient Aramaic. And so that's the heart of this. That we, we, we say so often to people, at least in this hour of the Internet show, please, as you listen, Accept the invitation to scan your body on a regular basis for the earliest warning signs that you're feeling boredom, that you're feeling tension, anger, that you're feeling that you want to argue against what's being said. And the first step towards being able to have some semblance of clear perception is to dismantle that negativity. Restore yourself to an open, allowing space and then take another look at what was said or what you thought was said, and or then reach out to who you thought was speaking and ask, what did you mean by this? Can we clarify this definition, etc.? But the essence of this is that the more I remove the false perceptions from my mind, the deeper I take myself into the purity of my own consciousness. This is... You know, the same concept for me as removing the bushel baskets. Right? The bushel basket is anything that covers up the light, anything that is a negative thought that has me thinking I am better than or worse than somebody else, anything that keeps me from seeing the connectedness of all of us. It's also in that lesson where it says, as we speak of these things, please do not let seriousness enter the mind. Right? This is not, this is not a, a process that's so complicated or so difficult that certain, only certain people can do it. All we're talking about here is what you need to do and what you can do to release the burden of illusion that seems to cause you to feel a heaviness upon your countenance and a sense of lack of safety in the world. You are perfectly safe. You can be wide open. You don't need to restrict or hide anything of your true essence because your true essence remains as it was created to be. Agreed, agreed. Um, I wish we would have been able to listen to the full um, the, the full recording. 
um, last night because I think that definitely would have added a lot to the experience as you are presenting right now as well, you know, by reading the words and stuff. It it didn't work out. Um, and, and we went we went straight to the exercise and the experience of, of having those releases. I think it was beneficial well, for all. I got a lot of ab- Absolutely. It works out perfectly. Whoever was there was the right person to be there, and whatever happened was just fine. How can we know that? Because it happened. Right? That's, exactly. That's the kind, of, a, that's the kind of approach or, or filter you can put on that, that, that you can get from uh, uh, Ganga G, and you can get it from um, Byron Katie and her work. You know, She says in several of her books, it, everything that's happened is just perfect. How can I know that? Because it happened. It's a right. part of the flow of life. Another part of that lesson says forgiveness is the bridge to the soul of your brother and sister. And it says there is nothing you can become aware of in the energy of another that you have not known in yourself. There is nothing that another person can say or do or even imagine themselves capable of saying or doing that you have not known also. Again, it takes one to know one. Right. When you perceive another acting out of hostility or fear, the only way you can recognize it is because you have been there. You might not dwell on those negative thoughts or murderous thoughts for more than a a flash of a moment, but they've been a part of your awareness. We're all connected. So I thank you for being willing to do that and bring us back to our lesson three in the way of mastery, which some people hear and see as exactly the same form of forgiveness as what was in the Kabor's manuscript with the word shebag and what is in the uh, Course in Miracles where it says open a curtain in your practice you know um, let go of everything you think you want, your trifling treasures put away and leave a clean and open space for the Christ mind to come And in that work, and in this work, in the way of mastery, the Christ is not a person. It is a state of mind. It is is an access to a universal mind that all of us have access to. And in this work, in the third lesson, it says, remember, each one of your days is a blessing and a gift. If you use it, from the full commitment to awakening. Your day is chock full of a million opportunities to discover a deeper truth. So please, don't ever feel that the purpose of your life must be something other than what you're involved in in the moment. You are literally creating everything you choose and nothing is forced upon you. You're choosing through your choice of interpretation and projection onto the flow of life. It it literally means that if you've decided to awaken, you've already called to yourself every experience that can truly best serve your awakening. It means you have the power to awaken and no one can stop you from awakening. 
It means once you've asked to be shown, once you ask to know God deeper, once you make the commitment to live a healthier, more loving, more open life, everything that unfolds is the perfect grist for the mill, so to speak. I do not live any ordinary moments. You do not live any ordinary moments. With each breath, experiences are arriving that are the stepping stones laid before you from life itself to guide you home, to guide you exactly where you need to be. I I, I agree. <laughs> I, I really appreciated in that, and I got a chance to read a snippet of it while I was looking um for you know for that in order to give other people the page number for where that where I found that um you know he's talking about you don't have to go to an ashram or you don't have to make the commitment to you know go to a monastery and lock yourself away or to travel anywhere to to do this that you know just like you said we we have the materials um so, to, so listen to, to this next to part in, 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 in the third lesson. It says, this is how forgiveness heals. Let's take a very close look at how does it work, what really occurs when you forgive. You are a conduit of energy. To the degree that that conduit is in perfect working order, the energy can flow so radiantly that the conduit actually becomes transparent. That is, it no longer blocks, there is no barrier or limit to the light that would flow through it. And when you judge, when you create any kind of a judgment, good, bad, right, wrong, up, down, when you judge, it's as though you contracted and you made the very walls of the conduit smaller, just like building up rust in your pipes. And the flow becomes less and less. As you forgive judgments, it is as though the rust in the pipes is dissolving. It is as though the walls of the pipe that are carrying the liquid of the Creator's love begin to expand and become thinner and thinner and more transparent. Judgment is contraction. Forgiveness is relaxation, peace, trust, and faith. Forgiveness allows the spaciousness within your consciousness to grow. For when you look upon the thief that's broken into your home and say, I forgive you, you're decreeing the opposite of what you've learned. You're decreeing that nothing of value can be taken from you. You're decreeing that judgment is the opposite of what you want, and you're understanding that judgment will cause you to feel the opposite of how you want to feel. You're decreeing your power to perceive differently you are therefore healing yourself if you ever want to come home you're going to have to become very very divinely selfish dr reiser would say self-wise and you're going to have to become so selfish that you will not tolerate judgment in yourself of anyone or anything because you'll begin to recognize that every such act of judgment catapults you to the other side of the universe from where you want to be. Judgment causes the very cellular structure to break down. 
if you could see this, you would never judge again. When you judge, even the cells of your body go crazy. They vibrate in a completely dissonant way. There is contraction. The fluids do not move through the cells. The nutrients do not become transported or delivered to the cells. The waste matter is not processed properly. Everything gets clogged up, and there is dis-ease. Therefore, beloved friends, understand well that judgment is not something to take lightly. Well, should you then judge yourself if you've noticed that you've been in judgment? No, that's judgment itself. It's a loop. Only love can heal. Only allowance, surrender, compassion can heal. Therefore, when you know you've judged, simply say, Ah, yes, that is that energy. I recognize that cloud that has just passed through the field of my awareness. But I can choose again. How does this work? If in your ordinary, and we now know it's not ordinary, everyday life, you detect that you have been in judgment of someone or something, recognize that that judgment is still in you. Here comes your exercise, Gail. It is a present present thing. It's a present thing, even though you may have enacted it five minutes ago or 55 years ago or 10 lifetimes ago. When you notice it or bring awareness to it, you've made it a very present thing. So it is right there in front of you to be undone. And that is what you need to focus on. I am going to choose again. You know the experience of looking back in your life and suddenly you see a scene that now you wish you'd behave differently or you realize you were behaving selfishly from ego and that you were manipulative or cunning or hurtful or you recognize, oh my God, I was really in judgment of that person. If only I could go back and undo it. Well, you know that feeling? I say unto you, you can because everything is present. There is no such thing as past and future. There is only now. So when you have that thought or that memory, it's coming to you for a very specific reason. As a soul, you're learning about forgiveness and how to undo the effects of your previous choices. And it is being presented to you yet again that you might make a new choice. One of the ways it says it, in the darshans of of this book is you're being given a chance to bring new presence to energies which once defeated you. By defeated you, we mean had you choosing in a way that you prefer not to choose. When the old memory comes, stay with it. Look at it. Recognize how judgment worked at that time. And then say to the person or that event in your mind, I judge you not. I, forget, I extend forgiveness to myself for what I have created. I embrace you and I love you. I free you to be yourself. I bless you with the blessing of Christ. And then see that image or memory begin to gently dissolve into light until there is no trace of it left and be done with it. Right of mine, right away your mind will say, oh, yeah, but when I kicked that little boy in the shins when I was four years old just to watch him scream, well, he's not here, isn't he? The body is not here, but the body is not quite the soul. All minds are joined. 
it means that where you extend forgiveness within consciousness, within your emotional field to another, whether they be physically present or not, you are extending to them exactly what you could extend to them if they were physically in front of you. Even if they were physically in front of you, they would still have to receive it, do they not? They still have their choice to make about whether to accept this process of forgiveness or to remain in judgment of you. And that is their issue, not yours. Understand then that you are dealing with consciousness. You are not a physical being. You are spirit. And you are intimately linked with all minds and all times. Therefore, forgiveness of another can occur any time that you decide it can occur. Anyone you have ever believed has wronged you, you can be forgiven. Anyone that you believe has wronged you can be forgiven by you in this very moment. Anytime you've judged another and therefore been in judgment of yourself, you can undo that in the very present moment simply by making a different choice. Dismantle the false perceptions. Cancel any goals. Understand that no one has ever hurt you. Remove the false beliefs from your consciousness and you take yourself deeper and deeper into the purity of your own consciousness. And if anybody has that way of mastery, the big blue book, this what I was reading is on pages from 33 through 35. Okay. And that's lesson gotcha. three. So I thank you for um, pulling the group together for that last night and doing what you did. I'm sure it was useful to everyone and for bringing us back to the reminder about Lesson 3 in the Way of Mastery, which is, um, uh, to, to my eye and ear, uh, exactly the same powerful taking full responsibility for any negative judgment or perception I create and dismantling it. And understanding it was never done to me, no pain was given to me by another, no upset, no frustration, no offense. I've created my own offense. I've created my own sadness, my own anger, my own fear, my own guilt, my own shame. And therefore, whenever it comes to mind, it is available in that present moment for me to dismantle it. So I thank you, Gail. I'll mute you so you can listen to the second hour if you so choose. Thank you for your uh, efforts last night and the call today. I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff we call love. We actually are love, and everything else is false. And I'll turn on the microphone for and welcome Jeannie Rice. Thank you, Dr. Jim. I appreciate it. And I believe you have a celebration of your birthday coming up Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, I think it's on Monday. I don't look at the calendar Are much you these gonna... days, but yes. <laughs> you going to be with us, though? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'll be working. All right. All righty. Well, All I right, have, so a, have a wonderful weekend. show. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So welcome, everybody, to the second hour of Mindshifters Radio. And today is Friday, July the 28th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1. And that puts you in the queue to talk to us. 
We'd like to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. Give Michael a moment to dial in and uh, invite everybody to you know, put the tools to work in your life. Uh, use the app. We've had uh, conversations the last couple of days with several people who are, are actively using the app now. And Michael worked with a young man this morning. And um, um, I think he made some tremendous breakthroughs. And so keep the tools. I mean, it's handy. It's right in your phone. And put it to work in your life. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. And welcome, everybody. Glad that you're here and ready to move forward to the next level of this conversation. And, yes, I did do a, a private session with someone this morning. It's actually the first time in, who I don't know, 25 years I've done a private session. And uh, the fact that we now have the Internet available to do this, I wasn't so sure how especially still point breathing was going to work, and we tried it out in intensives back over the last couple of years and uh, and then in the uh, Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing Club. And so I've decided that uh, that's something I'm going to start to do more of. So if you're interested in a private Mind Shifters Still Point Breathing or worksheet session, you know, that's always been in Jeannie's ballpark. But uh, just decided to go ahead and uh, and do that. Again, I found it quite enjoyable to uh, just have that one-on-one time again. It's been a long while since I've done that. So anyway, beyond that, um, have we got anybody in the phone queue with a hand up, sweetie, or anything happening in the chat room? No, it is all quiet. Well, then, I want to talk a little bit, seeing as how it just came fresh off of a breast session with someone, uh, a little bit about the uh, the power of using the still point process as a tool for uncovering what, you know, has perhaps been hiding from yourself forever. And... In the, in the ancient teachings, you'll recall, we've sp- spoken this often, that they, they said the veil of the temple must be rent in twain, torn in two. And that's always been presented, at least through churchianity, as, well, they were talking about a purple curtain in the church. That, you know, but, but actually, that's not what they were talking about. The temple is your body-mind unit, and the veil is the barrier between the subconscious and the unconscious mind. You've heard me say it before, my thesis is that it's totally and completely unnatural for a human being to have an unconscious mind. We're not designed to have an unconscious. It's something we artificially create when we live in denial. Now, to to make more sense of that, you've got to understand that there are three levels of function in from this thing we call carbon-based memory. People call it the mind. It's really not a mind at all. It's just more like a computer function than it is an actual mind. The mind is a thing that can choose and change directions with the energies that are moving in it. Carbon-based memory, just whatever resonates, is what it's going to present. It doesn't matter how much you hate it, resist it, how often you want to say, oh, I'm going to, I want to do something different. If you don't change what's resonating in carbon-based memory, the next time it comes up with enough impetus, especially if there's an unconscious component to it, this is going to take over. So when we talk about this carbon-based memory system, we're talking about the fact that every cell in the structure stores information. So literally we are energetic beings 
in every what appears to the eye to be a cell is a is like a miniature hard drive and every energy every frequency that comes to it is stored holographically in every cell in our structure including by the way the sperm and the egg so were you to conceive a child tomorrow that child would have in its structure every thought you've ever thought every feeling you've ever felt every reality you've ever engaged in now they honor this in the ancient Aramaic when they said you know the sins of the fathers are passed to three and four generations that wasn't a punishment thought I can remember being a kid and hearing that and going, oh God's gonna punish me for what my father did that's not fair no that's not what it's saying they're just telling you about how physiology works how this energy system works when they said look to the lives of the fathers for ours have been a shadow of theirs upon the earth that wasn't some kind of mystery they were just saying these energetic dynamics behavior dynamics are passed from generation to generation how many times have you known someone or heard of someone who for instance you know the neighbors were talking about the kid down the block and you know the day after the uh, the child was conceived the father was killed and now the child is six years of age and they, they look at him and they go you know he walks just like his father yeah, his actually talks just like his father. He's never known his father, never been exposed. How does that happen? It's all energy. So all of that information is stored in every cell in the structure. And my offering is that we're designed to be able to recall or pull up any energy that's stored within our structure. We're not designed to have things hidden from us. But when we go into denial whenever I think or speak as so something outside of me is the cause of what's moving inside of me I'm now in denial and when I go into that state of denial in order for my mind to generate a construct a reality that shows me that you're the problem in my life that you're the cause of my pain in order to do that I have to hide the true cause of my pain that's how we create an unconscious now there are those who will talk about the conscious and subconscious as though they're that's what there is to the mind but they miss a vitally important third component so when we talk about this function of the body mind unit we're really talking about nothing other than just the firing of information in the structure we could use a, uh, a radio as an analogy let's say that I turn my radio on I turn the volume up and I'm listening to a particular piece of music so now if I were to be able to go inside that radio and tap into all the energies moving through it there are 500 different radio stations broadcasting that are sending signals into that radio the tuner is attuned to just one and so the the other five thousand five hundred thousand you know today with all the stations there are the other stations are there they're just not being listened to the amplitude of those stations not being tuned into is not running the circuitry you know let's say I've got it tuned to 900 on my AM dial 900 is running the circuitry but the rest of the stations are in there at the same time so that would be like conscious the sound coming out of the set is from 900 and subconscious there are a hundred or a thousand other radio stations potentially there but we're not attuned to them 
So conscious is what you're aware of at any moment. My offering is we should be able to be aware of anything in us at any moment, anytime we choose to. But unfortunately, because we tend to live in denial and we've been trained through denial and there have been generations and generations in our, all of our bloodlines that have lived in denial, there's a third component. And that would be comparable to, so we've got conscious, subconscious. I'm listening to 900, but there are 100 other radio stations available. If I turn the radio off, the tuner is tuned to 900. It's still bringing that signal in. But the radio's turned off. I can't hear 900. I can't hear any of those stations. So that would be like the unconscious. It's just not accessible. And it's all got to do with the amplitude of the signal coming through the radio set. Well, if I say to you, what color is your car? Don't think about the color of your car. I provided a frequency with my voice that matches something you have brain cells for, and those brain cells fire. So your mind goes to the, something about the color of your car. We'll have, I'll have a person, I've had people in the past say, well, I'm not thinking about it. Oh, really? What is it you're not thinking about? <laughs> in order not to think about it, you have to think about it. It has to move. And, of course, we call that process thinking, and it really isn't. But that's another story, another point. So... Conscious and subconscious are continuously changing places. What's the front door of your house look like? A moment ago, that was subconscious information. Now it's conscious because there's been energy, amplitude added to it by the resonance from my voice. What's your favorite item of clothing? What's your favorite piece of music? So all that information is stored in your subconscious mind, and when something resonates it, it comes to conscious awareness. So conscious, subconscious are always trading places. Now, if I said to you, you know, you came to do this work for a particular reason, there's something you need to deal with in your life, what is it? Now, what I just did for most people is asked a question about something that is in their unconscious, something they've chosen not to look at. That's why we look for tools to open up that unconscious dynamic. Now, if you just observe yourself, you notice when I ask the question, what is it that you came here to really work on? What's the underlying issue that you've not been dealing with or that you're looking to deal with in your life? Notice what happened with your breath. And most people, when I ask that question, shut the breath down. Shutting the breath down creates a barrier. In the ancient teachings, it was called the veil of the temple. You've got to tear that, tear that puppy in two in order to access what's underneath the surface. So it's an artificial barrier. And what happens in, in, the, in the ancient teachings, it was called the heart. And you remember they said, take care of the heart, for out of it are the issues in life. That's where the power lies. At this stage in our development because we tend, each tend to have a giant database of unconscious information, that's where the highest levels of energy are stored. And so the ancients said, take care of that unconscious or the heart, because that's where the power is and that's where the issues come from in your life. Now, the reason why I pointed out you were holding your breath when I asked what's the issue that you came here to resolve that you've not looked at yet, 
is because there's an automatic unconscious need to shut that information down. And it's done with the breath, invariably. When people are holding their breath and you watch somebody in pain and trauma and they're in that state of holding their breath almost continuously or subventilating most of their lives, rarely ever really fully breathing. And so in the still point breathing session, what happens is it's a method of breathing I developed over 40 years ago that opens that veil fully so that whatever you've been hiding from yourself, whatever's been going on in your unconscious, <clears throat> pardon me, and often manifests physically or expresses physically, is uncovered when you use the breath properly. It begins to open the barrier so that you eradicate this unconscious condition and the information that a moment ago was unconscious, like what's the big challenge of your life that most people hold their breath for when they think about it. As the breath moves, those things start to become available. And it's a practice. It's a, it's a new habit. Oftentimes people are like, well, you know, I got five bucks in five minutes. Tell me everything you know. Well, no, you're going to have to hang around a little longer than that. We don't change a, a whole lifetime and generation upon generation upon generation of unconscious dynamics in a minute. It doesn't happen. It's a process. If you go to the ancient stories, you know, that story of the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years was not a, about a group of people lost in a hot 35-square-mile sandy place for 40 years. Again, another code word for the unconscious is the desert. Most people live in the desert most of their lives. And remember, the alternative to the desert was the promised land. This isn't about mystical stuff. This isn't about theology. It's just you either get to live as a conscious co-creator of your life, the promised land. That's what you were offered. But the day you went into denial and you said, I don't want to be responsible for this, somebody came into your life and said, okay, I'll take control. I'll run your life. I'll control you. I'll manipulate you. I'll steal from you. I'll beat you up. And we went into that desert condition. And you remember what they said had happened to come out of the desert. They said the old generation had to die off. That didn't mean everybody in old physical bodies had to physically die. The root of the word generation is genari. It means cause. All of the causes held in the mind from the generations, when we walk through life and don't resolve those issues, are resonated by life. We draw circumstances in to resonate those situations. And then those situations, in turn, resonate that unconscious dynamic. And here we are back dealing with that same old issue that was never resolved by mom or dad or grandparents or great-grandparents. And it goes on generation after generation after generation. So if you just take note of when you're holding your breath and then purposely, consciously take a breath and pay attention to your thoughts, you'll start to touch into the unconscious dynamics. When you go into a full-blown breathing session, you start to access those things that you and your bloodline have probably been hiding from yourselves all your life and for many generations before you ever arrived on the scene. 
And so that's the uh, the objective of this process and of this work. And so, you know, we do uh, the third Saturday and Sunday of each month. We have a Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing Club. If you want to really open a new level of your practice, if you're doing worksheets, if you're working these tools, but you haven't done the still point process yet, then you might want to tap into that workshop series. There are several ways to participate. There's a one, you know, you go, I don't know anything about this, but I'll try it once. Okay, so you can register for just one Saturday and Sunday session. You know, we start at 11 o'clock Eastern time on both Saturday and Sunday. We, uh, there are a couple of videos that come with registration. And so you can register just for the one. And then if you decide that you, you gee, yeah, this works, I, I want more of this. And it's really a, a sweet group of people that's developed around it, people who are really there for each other and developing another level of community with this work. And so if you do one month and you decide, well, I, I want to go to the three-month program. The, the, the cost of doing a month is 150 the cost of the three-month program is 125 per month for three months. So it drops the price off. Or you can do a year, and you can do the whole 12 sessions a year for 900 So it's discounted significantly more. And if you decide to do one and you go, eh, this isn't for me, then you've done one and that's it. If you do three, then you decide, well, I want to do the year. We'll prorate it so that each month is at the lowest rate of whatever you register for. <clears throat> It includes, if you register for the year, the ever-expanding MindShifter list, and uh, that's another tool you'll, you'll receive a, uh, a video on using that. Actually, two videos will be included. There's one on MindShifters and Introduction to Still Point Breathing, and then there's a Still Point Breathing session, or pardon me, a, a MindShifter session, so that you can start to work with the MindShifters. So if you're interested in doing that, and as I say, uh, you know, Jeannie does one-on-one -on -one work, uh, and I'm available now uh, to do a uh, private session if you're interested in doing, doing any of that work on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So. so that's what's on my mind this morning after having just gone through a really awesome session with this gentleman who, uh, who was just ready to do some work and uh, actually a, a, a person who's quite knowledgeable in the arena of the mind and was just, uh, pardon the pun, blown away by what he uncovered and what, uh, what happened in the session. So pretty powerful stuff, pretty sweet. So that's what's on my mind at this moment. And if anybody's got any questions or thoughts, you know, if you're on a, a station where we can't see you in our control panel, our call-in number is 563 999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show directly. And then if you push 1, that will raise a hand in the control panel, and we'll be having a conversation. So what's on your mind? How can we support you? 563-999-3581. Miss Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Uh, nobody has a hand up. Uh, Audrey had just sent me a text and asked how she could listen to it on the computer or her iPad or whatever. And for those who maybe don't know, uh, the easiest way is to go to the archives, uh, which you click on the microphone in the middle of the page when you go to whyagain.org. And then over on the right-hand side are the radio shows listed. Um, I'm clicking as I go so that I'm telling you the directions. 
over on the right-hand side are the archives. You click on 2023, go down to July, and then go down to whatever date you want to listen to, even if it's live, if it's today. And when you get to that date, you click listen. Of course, you can't download until after the show's over, but you can click the listen button, and it will redirect you to the blog talk site, and it'll show that, you know, it's it's a current live call-in show and has the date, and you can hit the play button and listen to it that way. So I sent her those directions. But for those Great. of you who And they can go into the chat room. Right, but then she would have to sign in, and I figured she probably hasn't signed in right. to Blog Talk, and this would get her on there quicker. Yep. So, yep. But, yes, cool. you can sign in to Blog Talk, and uh, then, you, then you sign on to um, the website, uh, or click on the microphone and click on Listen, then um, it'll pop up the Blog Talk uh, chat room, and you can ask questions there, and it'll pop up, and I can read them. And we do have a hand up now. Awesome. Let's say hello to our caller. I believe this is Miss Julie, and she is. Uh, she was with us at the breath workshop last week, and she has joined us on the codependence workshop. Welcome, Julie. Sweet. How are you, young lady? I'm well, thank you. How goes your How process? You? We're rocking, um, doing it's well. Process, yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> As always, you are. Um, I wanted to confirm that the next go point was going to be the 19th of August this month. Yes, it will always be the third okay. Saturday and Sunday of the month. Yeah, unless okay, something happens, awesome. that we, it gets changed. But there'll be notice for that in advance if it happens. Okay, and um, Jeannie, would you please send me instructions on how to get to the Blog Talk Radio um, other than calling in? And um, I am, I would, and I don't know if this is the right time and place, but I would like some help with the worksheet. Yeah, this is the place. That's what we're here for. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) Wonderful. So um, this worksheet I started out is um, about, okay, I'll just start at 1A. I, Julia, who am love? I'm experiencing, identify your emotions. And so this is not an emotion. This is a physical um, sensation that I'm having. And so But are there emotions around the physical sensations? Yeah. But it, so like are you sad? Are you so afraid? Or, you know. um, B, I put pain. Right, I'm identi- I'm um, experiencing physical pain, and so when I okay. when I experience so, physical pain, slow down, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's back up just a little bit. So what you want to do with this first blank in B is identify your emotion, not your physical sensation. That'll come later in what you, the object of the intention of, uh, attention is of the worksheet, and that would be your physical pain. But here you want to identify what kind of emotional response there is to that. So is there an emotion engaged with this pain? You know, the kinds of things that would be tickle, yeah. typical would be, I'm afraid, I'm sad. Are there emotions involved? Well, yeah, almost like, you know, I, I have the emotional wheel. And, um, 
you know, like there's, it seems like to be in half, half of it are the good feelings. The other half are like um, discouraged, uh, embarrassed, overwhelmed, helpless, rejected. And then I put, I kind of categorize that color as fear. And there, that's kind of an orange. And then in red, there's distance, sarcastic, frustrated, jealous, irritated, skeptical. Those I thought of as like anger. And anger's there, too, and hurt. And then in this kind of magenta one, there's remorseful, stupid, inferior, isolated, apathetic, sleepy. Um, I don't know. I didn't have, like, one word I could do for that little section. But it's pretty right. much like those. I can pick things out out of all of those. You know, okay. I feel um, depressed. I, I feel frustrated. And I feel um, overwhelmed and helpless. And um, okay. and ashamed, and, so, you know. Okay, Let, let's let's back up a little. All right, let's back up a little bit and look at a little more about how the mind generates perception. So, in order for me to experience, let's say, having a physical body with physical pain or at least that's what I call it. If we listen to Einstein, we start to understand that's not true. You know, Einstein says this, on such things as matter, we've been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. So the truth is, you don't have a physical body. However, the energetic dynamics in your mind convert your thinking into one emotions and two pictures so we see the structures physically that we create with our minds and when we're engaging in an energy that is of a disintegrative nature relative to our physiology then we're impacting our physiology with that particular energy or pattern, that frequency. Now, you'll notice when where it asks about the emotions, it then says, do a separate worksheet for each emotion. When you get down to number 1D, you'll notice that we're going to ask you to look at what's the thought you have to think to produce this emotion. And then you'll notice there it also says, do a separate worksheet for each thought. So my offering here would be to just be, let yourself become aware that there's a whole complex of thoughts that you've assembled that are energies that don't support you being fully alive in your physiology. You just named several of them, the emotional aspect of several of them. So for this worksheet, what I'm going to suggest that you do is pick one of them, the one that seems to be most in your face of all of those that you just mentioned. And then, so we'll go ahead and go through the whole process and then start to do worksheets on each of those emotions, identifying the thoughts. And what you'll be doing is you'll be touching into the mind energy with which you impinge on tissue with energies that don't support aliveness. In other words, create pain. 
And one by one, as you access those things and remove them, that is forgive, there'll come a point where that whole pain complex is just going to fall apart. It's going to disappear. Does that make sense as kind of a starting point here? Yeah, or a next totally. step? I love it. Yeah, that's perfect. So, so what you're going to do with each worksheet around this particular experience of pain is one by one, you know, if we, if we go to the opening words in the book of John in Aramaic where we're told in the, by the Greeks, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word became flesh. It doesn't say that at all in Aramaic. What it says is in the beginning was the mind energy and the mind energy became flesh. So what we're ultimately doing is we're looking to, you know, if if we're in pain, physiology is saying there's an energy in here that doesn't belong here and I'm going to keep shouting yeah, ouch until I get your attention and you remove it. And so each of those emotions when you identify the thought behind it and then you look at the goal involved and we'll unfold this as we go, you'll undo those thought patterns that your body is, or your structure is warning you about. And once you undo a critical mass of those things, the whole pain complex will simply collapse. The disturbance in tissue will tend to simply disappear. And when it disappears, the tissue will tend to go back to its normal state of health and aliveness. That's so you're really going to awesome. do piece so by piece. <laughs> it is exciting. Okay, and can I, I tell I'm you with what you. I put in B? <laughs> yeah. Please, yes. Okay, so in B I put helpless. That's okay. like the first emotion. That's a good one to work with. That I chose. Okay. Yep. So um, I'm I'm feeling helpless, and uh, then I drew this little scribble, but. <laughs> Right, but and that's that's a good. One of the things, especially with things like helplessness, you know, as small kids, you don't have much power over what happens to that little body. You know, when somebody's changing a diaper or you know whatever's going on, you don't have much power. And so, helplessness can be a really profound uh, experience. And actually, the, the the helplessness itself is actually more of a thought, I'm helpless, and when I think I'm helpless, how do I feel? Oh, scared. Yeah, and I just, like, thought about when I was a child and my parents divorced, like, when I was five, and I felt so helpless and afraid. Okay. Breathing with you. Breathing. That's the key to opening this stuff and letting it go. Nice. And then I have a question about, um, it, it says after B, it says my denial, and then it's, there's a blank space it's in parentheses. I don't know what to do there. My denial. Place, um, what do I do with that space? So you've filled in number 1A and number 1B. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to suggest that you tap into helpless actually is a thought, not really feeling. 
So helpless okay. would be the you've you've kind of prematurely tapped into the thought. Helpless would actually be your answer in number one D. Um, so there it says, um, okay, so we're kind of jumping ahead here. You're going to, yeah, um, you, your mind has already jumped ahead, so we'll honor that and just put your answer helpless in number one D. And then okay, let's go back so and identify. Okay. Go back and identify what the actual uh, thought is. Well, I don't see a blank space. Where I see D, it says the truth oh, is uh, 1B in the parentheses. Right. So mine says the truth is only my thoughts cause my emotion all upset, breathe. Right. The thoughts uh, separately. See, I cause, I used to cause my emotion. Um, it says 1B. Okay, so we're going to identify right. that. Okay, so, I'll raise that. So my and thought is, is I'm helpless. Is helpless. Is helpless. Okay. I'm helpless. Okay. Yeah. Now, helpless. when you so, tap in, go back to that experience with mom. It sound mom and dad divorcing. It sounds like the emotion okay. when you're experiencing the thought of helplessness is grief, sadness. It's grief. Is that? And pain. Is that, yeah, yeah. Okay. So these yeah. these are energetic patterns, and you know here you are at twenty years of age, um, you've been carrying this around for quite a while. No, sixty. So for fifty-five years. I was being facetious. I was just being nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call you on that. (laughs) (laughs) So notice that's an energy you've been carrying around for a long time until the point where it's it's creating physical pain. Yeah. And it's like it's time to time to resolve this. So then let's so now you've you've kind of backed in part way here. You've identified the thought and now the emotion is sadness, grief perhaps loss, there, again, there are a number that are going to tie into this, and each one will be a separate worksheet because what we're going to start doing is plucking these thoughts out one by one, forgiving them, rem- accessing and removing them by bringing them to the presence of love until that complex of energy is so weakened that the whole experience just falls apart. Yeah. And that's what forgiveness is designed to do to dissolve those things. So how do I um, identify, like, like you might, the first thing I chose was helpless. Um, how do I identify, And but it was, it's really grief. And so, um, you know, like, how no, do I identify No, no, it's both. B? It's both. You know, if, both. if I hold up a coin... Okay. And I say, look at this coin, and I show you what we call the head. You'll say, well, there's George Washington. And then I show you the tail, and you say, well, there's an eagle. Now, is there a head and a tail? Is there a, a, a difference between the head and the tail? Or are they just aspects of one thing? 
that coin, like at what point could, it, could, could you take the head away from the coin and just leave it the tail? You can't do it. They're yeah. just opposite yeah. perspectives on the same thing. My offering is that your emotion and your thought are opposite perspectives on the same thing. They're not separate. And the cause level of the emotion, the emotion is just a warning signal. Your system saying, would you stop thinking this? This hurts. This doesn't belong in here. This is destroying us. Forgive this. Remove this thought. And when you do, the corresponding emotional response will disappear. When you, you know, if, if, again, if you listen to that, that phrase in, in the uh, Aramaic, in the beginning was the mind energy, and the mind energy became flesh. Literally, what they're showing in the cell biologist's laboratory today is when you think a thought, that thought becomes an actual molecule, a neuropeptide within your structure. That neuropeptide circulates around in your structure until it finds a cell with a receptor site that matches. It lands on the cell... And as it lands on the cell, my take is it generates the emotion, the warning signal. Hey, you're putting this energy into our creative process, into our structure. Here's the quality it is. You really don't want this. But, of course, we're not taught that in this culture. We're taught, oh, well, you know, you're just feeling. Go ahead and be with your feelings and follow your feelings and all that stuff. And the truth is it's just your cells warning you that this doesn't belong. And the correction lies in changing your thought disorders and removing the energy behind your thought disorders. Does that fit and make sense? Yeah. So, like, when it's like the when you're having the feeling, that's like the the feeling is your like navigational system of like that negative feeling is a is a uh, trigger, an alert. It's a warning. An alert. Hey, it's an alert. That's, that's exactly when the, when the neuropeptide lands on the receptor site in the cell, it warns you of the quality of that particular thought. And so when sadness, fear, rage, guilt, grief, etc., etc., show up, your system's saying, review your thinking and change the game. This is not healthy. And and that's where I could like and if I don't have time or you know develop the the mental muscles to um, like I printed out this short version like the reality management and it's other right where um, I mean it's, it'll be before I have a lot of clearing. <laughs> Let's, you know, you There's some work to, to be it. done. You're uh, naturally, if I understand that, and that, um, and that's what creates the dis-ease because when you allow that thought to land without questioning it. Correct. When you when, put a when, disintegrative energy, you know, this, again, if we listen to Einstein, on such things in matter, as matter, we've been all wrong. What we have heretofore called matter is energy, energy whose vibrations have been so lowered as to be perceptible to the senses. There is no matter. Matter doesn't exist. 
what we call a body is a picture is actually a picture in a mind. If if you were looking at me or I were looking at you and we could raise the rate of vibration in which our eye receives information, what our brain would show us would not be a body, but would show us this whirring mass of electrons, protons, neutrons, and light. We'd see what was actually there. Now, relative to that energy system, there are two qualities of energy. There's integrative energy, that's which will build it up and support it, and there's disintegrative energy. When you put integrative thought energy, mind energy, into your structure, when that neuropeptide hits the cell, the cell goes, yippee, hey, this is great, we're on track, this is our creative process, and we're rocking here. When I put in hate, fear, rage, guilt, grief, sadness, powerlessness, those kinds of thought disorders, then my cells say, ouch, ooh, ah, no, mm. If I don't pay attention to those warning signals and I keep going on for a few decades with that type of thinking, my cells start to fall apart because the energy that I've put into them is of a disintegrative nature. Interestingly enough, in the ancient Aramaic language, and it's stored, yeah. Yeah, they're, I mean, literally what they're showing in the cell biologist laboratory, when that neuropeptide lands on the receptor site in the cell, if you were inside the cell watching it, what you would see would be what we call chemistry, the, the frequency we've identified as chemistry. We'd see chemistry arriving in the cell. And if the chemistry of us is of a disintegrative nature, the cell is moving toward a disease condition. If we apply forgiveness and access. What, what forgiveness is really about is developing the skill and the ability to literally reach into your energetic structure, into the cell, pull out those old neuropeptides based in hostility and fear, like the ones that started to move as you started to share what was going on for you. And to breathe and to be able to access those energetic patterns in the presence of conscious, active, present love. And when that happens, the disintegrative nature of those thought disorders are dissolved. And the cell is liberated from that quote-unquote chemistry. Literally, the chemistry will change in an instant. Even and so that's what trillions the, of cells that are living, you know, like they say how like the cells, you're, that they're always dying, but you know, and you're getting new cells and old, you know, like all the time, even though those cells are being replaced all the time, they, they share the memory. Well, what are they being replaced from? So we have a set of instructions inside the cell when that cell is weakened enough because there's, there are energetic patterns in it that don't belong, it begins to die. The cell, which has been impacted by the cause of the cell death in the first place, the genetics that hold the instructions have been compromised, and the next generation of cells are going to come out weaker. And the next generation of cells, if we continue on the disintegrative path, are going to come out weaker until we die. And, and as I started to say earlier, the, in the Aramaic language, the word that describes this thing of disintegrative energy is the word sin. It's an archery term. When you fired at the target on the, on the archery range and you missed the bullseye, the scorekeeper yelled sin. It just means you're off the mark. When you put an off-the-mark thought into a cell, you impact its state of existence 
on what we call a chemical level, what the eye would call a chemical level. And on a genetic level, you've impinged on the healthy genes with this disintegrative energy. And then you remember, in the end result, what they said is the wages of sin is death. The result, and that's not a theological threat. That's not God threatening anybody. It's just saying, hey, here's how physiology works, folks. You keep doing enough hate and fear and grief and sadness and rage and pain and trauma, and you're going to die. You're going to kill yourself. And my offering is that aging and death are all self-induced nonsense, sin. We do it to ourselves. Our culture teaches it to us. Our family systems teach it to us. And a lot of times people are faithful to those thought disorders just because they, they feel like they have to maintain the good old family feeling. And what we're saying is, no, it's time to challenge all of that. We're not designed for death. It's a tradition, so everybody's doing it, but we're not designed for it. And so as you look at you know, each emotion you identify there, each thought that you identify, and do this forgiveness process around them, then you're literally accessing, pulling the neuropeptide back out of the cell, exposing it to the transmuting energy of love, which dissolves and removes it. And the cell heals. And the load is taken off of the genes, so the next generation of cells, each time you take a load off of uh, the genetic structure in regard to a particular cell or grouping of cells, the next generation of cells come out stronger instead of weaker, healthier, more vital, more capable, more intelligent. That's great. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. So which which worksheet are you looking at? I am looking at the uh, wake up sheet, remind, change your life. Um on the left it says reality management. Okay. Um then on the right. right it says forgiveness. I think this is the seven point. Yeah, the seven point one. Yeah, the seven step. Okay, good. Good. All right. So then you've identified your emotions and let's just and, and, again, use a separate worksheet for each emotion. You just uncovered a bunch of things to work on. So hostility and fear are, are from internal corrupt data and indicate my use of sustained incoherence. And sustained incoherence was actually a term uh, uh, that was coined by a physicist named David Bohm. And what David Bohm is actually, he worked with, he was a cohort with uh, or worked with uh, Einstein and he actually did some of the math that uh, enabled them to build the atomic bomb. And he also worked and studied in the realm of spirituality and psychology. And what he said, you know, his bottom line conclusion, and this is close to a quote, though it's not exact, I don't have his exact quote memorized, but basically his take was that humans engage in self-destructive thoughts and patterns and deny ownership of those patterns, refuse to acknowledge that it's those patterns that are the problem, and they keep doing it without admitting what they're doing to themselves. And he called that sustained incoherence. So recognizing if that's what I'm doing, then I'm engaging in sustained incoherence to build this disturbing internal construct. It's my denial that causes my carbon-based memory to displace my experience of myself as my essence love and tells me the lie that my emotions are caused by somebody else. 
Does that make sense up to that point? Yeah, so um, my denial, and then there's parentheses and a blank space. Uh, there must be something. And my denial causes my... Is that what you're agreeing Well, it says um, I could be at the grief, and then um, it also has more, you know, empty space. And then in parentheses it says, place each emotion on a separate worksheet. And then right after that it says, my denial... And then there's parentheses in a small space. Okay. I think and then you're using a, a different... Of myself. Okay. I think maybe the, the printout of the sheet that you're looking at has bumped a space because in there where it says my denial causes my, in quotes, it actually is supposed to be CBM, carbon-based memory. So maybe okay. it's bumped that yeah. over so that it's gone behind that box, and that's why it looks like there's supposed to be a blank there. So if you just put those initials in there, my denial causes my CBM to displace myself that and as my essence love. My right. And carbon-based memory. By my trigger. Okay. Right. So so now I'm living in the lie that something outside of me, and in this case, my body is the problem. I've got pain. So we want to correct that thinking. But before we go there, yeah. are you familiar with what the initials CBM mean? Carbon-based memory, you come across that. Um, Carbon-based memory. Um, I think that's what you were kind of telling me about, but I'm I'm familiar but I couldn't like tell you I couldn't repeat okay okay so just so it, it's it goes in a little deeper so when you if you were to, to walk into a chemist shop and say hey I want you to do an analysis of my body and tell me what chemicals are here tell me what it's made of what's the atomic structure of my body as they broke it down what they tell you is the base element in your structure is carbon we're carbon-based beings, our physiology anyway, on the level where we think of things as physical. And if you look at a carbon-based, or pardon me, a carbon molecule, in that molecule there are six electrons, six protons, six neutrons. You might recognize that number 666. That's where we store these disintegrative energies is literally in the molecular structure of our bodies. That's why our errant thinking creates what we call physical disease. So recognizing, I'm, I want to really look at, okay, so, so this internal construct is a product of what's firing out of this database that I have stored in my physiology. And I lose the experience of myself as love and then, if we're in denial, the mind tells us that whoever is the trigger, whatever we're focused on. So then my story, my reality is that. Now, in this case, the object of your attention, the fact that you're working on your own structure, would be my body. So number one C, you'd fill in with the words my body. And what would... So... 
if you were to just sort of sum up everything that we've done so far in step one, and you were to say, my body is doing what? What would your story be? You with me? Hello? Did we lose you? Are you still with us, Julia? Yeah, can you? Oh, there you go. You're back. You disappeared. Had you pushed your mute button? I'm back. Okay, good. No, it's like all of a sudden you just start cutting out. And so right after you explained to me um, that we are carbon and we have these six, six, six molecules and that the disintegrative um, energy stores in these cells. Okay. So, so then, then it got cut off. Oh, okay. Well, then let's go back to. So then now, the, so my story, my reality is that 1C, and 1C would be the object of your attention. That's your body. Or it might be, refine it, it might be your pain. But you've got a story about it. So what would, how would you fill that in? My body is just hurting and I don't know why, or uh, I'm in pain and this pain is, you know, destroying my life, cancel the thought. But whatever the story is, that's where you want to make note of it. Whatever the bottom line is, what would that be for you? Yeah. My perception story is that I'm in physical pain and it's very limiting. It limits me. Um, from what I can do, and it's okay. Not what's fun. happening with it's your breath right now? Sucks. Yeah, what's happening um, with your breath right now? I wasn't now? breathing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so notice. Yeah. So yeah. notice when we touch into something like that, the first thing that happens is shut down the breath because I don't want to look at this and I don't want to feel it. So you'll notice at the end of the sentence, there's a a reminder to breathe, and each time in the worksheet. Yes. There are places where people tend to hold their breath, and you really want to pay attention to your breath and breathe there. Yes, that's that line D, right? After I've written my story, then um, the truth is my thoughts cause my emotional upset. Right. And And once again, breathe. And so what's the thought, and as it says, you might use a separate wake-up sheet for each thought, I use to cause my emotion. So in this case, we, we covered that already. The emotion was grief. grief, and the thought is I'm helpless. And then number one, E... I want to punish. One C. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to punish. Okay. So is there a punishment thought toward your body? Um, a punishment thought. Um, well, there's like actions. I think I, I eat. Um, I'll eat sugar. Okay. I'll eat things. I'll overeat to relieve, okay. I, I think, you know, to ease the pain. Okay, so then you're engaging in uh, an addiction that is anesthetizing you. 
So you're punishing yourself by eating, anesthetizing your Pardon me, punishing your body by eating, 1C, that's the object here where the pain is, and then punishing self by engaging in an addiction. And then you'll see at the end of that 1E, there's a little hand that points toward the contents of the box. And this is a place, and at first for a lot of people, this one's like, eh, this is kind of silly. But, but in fact, the way that we've, in our lives and throughout our generations, have acquired the reality structures that we acquired, most of it's happened through the use of words and thoughts. And so much of, you know, if you listen to Yeshua, he says the power of life and death is in our words. You know, when people go around and say, oh, man, that just kills me. Oh, I can't stomach that. I can't stand that. Well, people are really assaulting their stomachs, their legs, when they engage in language like that. So when you realize that a lot of that was structured in through language and speaking, Learning to do verbal release to direct energy out of the structure is a very powerful thing to do. So that little box is about looking through each step in number one and releasing that up, surrendering that up to love. So I release and surrender myself. So number one A is me, myself. So I release and surrender Julia to love. I release and surrender my emotion, my grief to love. I release and surrender my pain to love. I release and surrender my story that to love. I release and surrender my thought and my punishment. So you want to go through those steps, and as you practice with that, you'll find that the verbal release becomes more and more powerful in your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, at the end of line two in section one, um, yeah, at the end of line two, I'm willing to process all disease as I go through the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms of healing. Then there's other... Oh, wait a minute. You're way ahead of me. You just went on and ignored everything I just said. So so what I'm going to ask you to do is is deal with what's in the box. I want you to go through the verbal release and surrender of each thing that you identified in number one to love. Before you go on to the next step, you want to do that okay. and, and start to get into the habit of verbalizing that release. So you can do that silently, you can do it out loud, whatever whatever works for you. And okay. we are the, the show is getting to its time limit. It's going to cut us off automatically. We don't have any control over that within less than a minute. Yeah. So my thought is that if it works for you, let's do finish this step, and then tomorrow let's just start right in on step two, and we'll go right through the whole worksheet. Okay, how about Monday? Oh, Monday, oh, pardon me. not today, tomorrow. Today's Friday. It would have to be Monday. <laughs> I, okay. I just realized today's Friday, yeah. But we'll continue to go through the worksheet with you. So then I release and okay. surrender myself. I release and surrender myself. Um, Pisces, denial. My emotions are caused by my trigger, 
So that's D. The truth is, only my thoughts cause my emotional upset. Um, okay. I think. So I'm surrendering. I'm going to do a verb of release. I release and surrender myself, Michael, to love. I release and surrender my grief to love. I release and surrender, number one, C. I think we put in there pain or it was the body, my body to love. I release and surrender my story that. So each step you surrender to that presence of love. And then on Monday, if you've got the space, let's just get together and let's carry on with this worksheet. Okay, in the meantime, thank you. thank you so much. In the meantime, on the on the website, there are at least twenty different radio shows under Radio Show Archives. At least twenty different yeah. radio shows where we've walked somebody through the whole forgiveness process. And so, if you want to access that and do some work over the weekend with that, you'll probably come to the to this session on Monday with a different level of understanding and uh, be able we'll be able to take it all to a whole different level, higher level. Okay. All right. Okay. Awesome. I will do that. I will. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Blessings. Okay. Have a All great right. weekend. Take care. All right. Blessings. Hey, you too. Blessings. Thanks for the good participating. Bye-bye.